We just say, it is well right now with our soul. You surround our surrender. These words that we've sung to you, Lord, uh, oh, they just resonate. Uh, For those of us in a season right now where uh, we need your peace, uh, we just proclaim and declare that it is well that you've got us. We got this taken care of. And we're good. Thank you so much because you are a good God. You are a loving God. And your mercy surrounds our surrender. Hmm. So good to be with you today, Jesus. Amen. Have a seat. Wow. I can't even believe you're here. I mean, all my watch stuff gets the time right. But every other clock in the place has the time wrong. And uh, it was 8.15, no, 9.15, and I'm supposed to be at church then already, so I screwed it up. I don't think it's good to get a speeding ticket on Sunday morning on your way to church. The cops don't really differentiate. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Sunday, right, Daniel, yesterday afternoon, Daniel's supposed to be speaking this very moment at this very time right now, and he has stomach flu really bad. And, uh, and I, I have uh, called his number, even when he hasn't been feeling well, made him step up and, and, uh, and represent, but not today. He's not feeling good enough to do that. And so uh, we're still the church, and we still got stuff to do. We still love God and love Jesus. And uh, you know, I got to say, last week, Kathy, your message was powerful, uh, powerful. Returning to, pl- yeah, yeah, give a shout out there. Thank you for that. Get on the... Uh, on the podcast, um, if you haven't, or on the app, actually, I don't think the podcast is working right now, um, but on the app, you can listen to the sermons and listen to that last week, and I think you're going to be uh, really encouraged about returning uh, to those places where we need to be thankful for. Did I got it right? That our level of praise and thankfulness ought to be at the same level uh, of our petition and request. Uh, there were 10 lepers. Uh, messianic miracle, Jesus sent them to go show themselves to the priest, and one came back and thanked him uh, for the healing that was there. And so uh, I hope that you have been returning to, to, uh, to God this week, thanking him for things that uh, uh, he has done, even in, maybe in the past, that you just needed to circle back around and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for, for healing me. Thank you for transforming me. Thank you for... Uh, um, Healing relationships, yeah. You know what we, I want to do? That's what this is about. Um, I want to give you an opportunity right now to give a shout out. You don't have to shout. Actually, you can do it just talking. Um, but uh, let's circle back around. And what would you uh, want to say that you're thankful for, that God has done in your life, that you need to return back around and go, you know, I am thankful for this. For that, so um, we're going to do this for a few minutes, and uh, we still got some word for you after that. So, and I'm comfortable with awkward, waiting for you guys to hear from God. Doesn't take long. It's taken me about two years to circle back around to this. Just thank the Lord for bringing our daughter Mackenzie, who's not here right now, but out of, out of some dark places, and she's um, doing so well. So thankful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
this is kind of nerve-wracking, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I just got a job this week and have been looking for a job for a long time. And um, I think it's a job that I'm really going to be able to, um, to help people. And I'm really thankful for that. Oh, yeah. What has God done for you? They got me turned off now. You're from Louisiana. You got to talk a little faster, buddy. Hey, no, no respect here. <laughs> he and I went uh, hunting yesterday. I killed more than he did, so uh, he promised he wouldn't let say anything though. Give me the mic back. I'm, uh, when I turned sixty. I was surprised right after my birthday when my doctor called and told me that I had a very rare form of stomach cancer and uh, not a good prognosis. Went to MD Anderson, where the world's leading authority on that particular cancer was, and underwent surgery. Uh, two things I want to thank, be thankful for that have really touched me. Uh, the second day or third day after surgery, this world-renowned um, surgeon came to my room about 11 o'clock at night. Now, if that doesn't get your attention when you've just had cancer, it's not exactly a fun thing to see that. But what he wanted to talk about was he said, there's something you seem very calm about. I don't understand it. What is it? And I told him it was Christ. And for three nights in a row after that, this man who was not a believer came to my room every night at 11 o'clock so that we could share about Christ. I'm very thankful of how God used something very uncomfortable for me. And the rest of the story, to be particularly thankful, is that just before I came back from Louisiana here, I had my last follow-up treatment and was declared cancer-free and totally cured. So I'm pretty thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up and okay. Hi. Um, I have to come up here. Sorry. Now this. We did this last. You should time. be really scared. Um, I'm thankful for a people group that most of you think are really strange. I'm thankful for middle schoolers. I want to show you what happened here in this room, this very room, two nights ago. Can you throw the first picture up, Steve? Maybe? Please? <laughs> ah! We played host to several churches in the valley to all their middle schoolers. And do we have a picture? Okay. That was like a epic game of rock, paper, scissors, and it was so much fun. We had almost 70 middle schoolers, and it was incredible, incredible. And because I know that most of you are probably never going to show up for youth group on a Thursday night, I wanted to give you a little taste of it. So I'm going to need Trevor. I'm going to need Moses to come up here. You didn't know I was going to do this. Is that okay? We're going to play a game. Okay, so I need you guys to stand. One of you here, one of you here, okay? You're playing against each other. This is for a big prize, okay? So the rest of you get to play too. If you're so willing, would you stand up, please? <laughs> now, this game is called Reverse Charades. There's going to be a word up on the screen. Can you see the screen? No. Make sure you can't. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Okay. There's going to be a word up there. 
And as soon as Steve puts that word up there, you are going to act out that thing. And they are going to, as soon as they know what it is, come to the microphone and say what they think it is, okay? Let's try the first one. Chicken. I heard, I heard Trevor first, sorry. Okay, let's, let's try another one. Next one. CrossFit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I think that's good. Let's give these guys those a tie. We'll call it a tie. But in all seriousness, I am so thankful um, for my team, for God who provides the right people to serve alongside me. And they're still really worn out. So I only see a couple of them here. So Katie Stewart or Katie Parker. <laughs> I know so many amazing Katie. So Katie Parker, uh, Steph Sweeney, where are you? I'll give you a shout out for helping. She's not even a middle school leader. Um, if is there any other? I don't think anyone else is here. They're still recovering. It was bad. But look, look at all those beautiful children. So it was awesome. And it is such, it's such a privilege to do the loving God part and to do it with these young people. So just be praying for their hearts and for what happens in this building that God's spirit would fill this place and they would know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they are so loved by God. And that's all. That was more than two minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we are thankful, crank me up here, we are thankful for you guys, and you guys get a special place, I don't know where, in heaven, that's like better than everything else, for doing that with kids, uh, I did my time, and so, that's awesome, wow, we're making an impact, cool, let's circle back around, what do we need to come back and say thank, thank you for, excuse me, gentlemen, I'm thankful for my hips, your hips. Breathe <laughs> my hips. <laughs> I remember that. You used to couldn't walk. Oh, two times, Glenn? <laughs> well, I just thought this would be really relevant because the movie Shaq came out <clears throat> um, about the little girl that was abducted. And um, I was abducted as a, as a fourth grader <clears throat> um, walking home from school. And... Um, what, so my testimony, I just figured this out, you know, 30, however many years later. I thought I was a burden to the town because I let this guy abduct me and, and carried that burden, and that's a burden that's not mine. So um, I, I, had, I had God show me recently that um, because I knew Jesus in fourth grade, that um, that... I was abducted and I sat there peacefully, relatively peacefully, praying and praying and putting my hands in the life of God's hands. And um, I got out of it alive, which is amazing. And so um, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of conferring with what you said about peacefulness and kind of tying in a real life story to the shack, since you might go see the shack of a little girl who was abducted that um, being peaceful and sitting in the Lord's hands has a big impact and I probably saved my town from what could have been an awful thing by being peaceful in the Lord's hands. Thank you, Trevor. 
Um, let's see. A week ago yesterday, uh, I attended a funeral in Santa Barbara for a friend of mine. So this, but out of this, I'm really thankful for having known the man. Robin was his name. A uh, guy I worked with for a number of years. He was definitely uh, a man of God. He loved God. He loved people. And there was about 300 people at his service. And even though it's sad that he's gone, um, his life was such an example and an inspiration to everybody. And it just, it, the wake afterwards, I probably got to talk to a dozen or more people about God's influence, not only in my friend Robin's life, but my own life. And um, boy, I'm just thankful for, for not only him in my life, but God in his life and my life, and how he can, how something like that can even be a blessing for, for all kinds of people and a legacy for the future, so thanks. Hands were flying up here a second ago. Hi. Hello. I'm not gonna stand up, as probably a lot of you know, I've had back surgery. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Second fusion in less than two years. Oh. So it was rough to get through, but first of all, I need to thank the orchard. There was so many people here that prayed for me, come and saw me. Um, Pastor Doug was marvelous. He was with me before the surgery mm -hmm. and prayed and with me and my family. <clears throat> um, I've had food from here, which was all great. And uh, I'm just really thankful because I'm getting through it. Oh, I'm glad you're getting As through I it. knew I would, because mm. God always takes care. Glad we could be here for you. You bet. Thank you. I'm thankful for the fact that um, I've been blessed by so many wonderful people and that God saw me or is seeing me through the recovery from the accident that I had and the people who prayed for me and encouraged me. Thanks. Broke both arms yes. and you were recovering. Yeah. So I'm thankful for, um, I, some people remember I had a surgery in December almost a year and a half ago that ended up being four surgeries, emergency surgeries, and oh, it was horrible, so miserable. But it ended up being over a year of no work and four surgeries, and um, it was awesome, even though it was horrible, because I have a boyfriend that doesn't come to church, and he saw Kathy and Sue and a bunch of people praying for me, and people bring me food, and I have an awesome growth group, and my doctors were so great. Like the one doctor um, before my surgeries, well, one doctor goes here and I, she would sit while I cried in the office because um, I ride horses for a living so I couldn't work. And then when I do, would go to work, it's just pretty painful. But I would cry and I would be so angry and she lets me sit and cry. And um, the other doctor would say, you know, let's just, you know, go and pray about it. And they're Christians, and it was pretty awesome, even though it was pretty miserable. <laughs> Sometimes God's in those storms, right? He still speaks to the wind and the waves. Yeah, he does. In the middle of those storms, yeah. So, anyway. What has God done for you that you need to circle back around and say, thank you for healing my leprosy? 
good to give a shout out to God, isn't it? I just very thankful to be here. Um, no kidding. Uh, last August, I had a heart attack and quadruple bypass surgery, and I can't believe how much God does for you, whether you deserve it or not. I just very thankful. Well, I'm not going to stand up. This is hard enough doing it sitting down, but I don't even know where to start, so I'll go far enough back to just say I'm so thankful to get to be a mom to this sweet young lady sitting next to me and that she's home for spring break and has so many awesome things coming her way and that God is taking care of her and leading her, and we're very grateful. And I also get to be mom to us, a wonderful young man and wife to this wonderful husband. So so many things to be thankful for. All right. Hang on, I'll be right there. Sorry, my stomach was kind of burning to say this. Um, I am kind of in the midst of a pretty big battle right now, and so... I was thinking I'll be thankful when it's done, but mm. I'm thankful now that it is done and for everyone who's been there for me. And so it's just, some of you have me on Facebook, you understand I'm just battling something pretty bad health-wise, so um, can I just ask you all to pray for me, please? <laughs> I just need that right now. Reach your hand towards Mary Lauren here. Let's pray. <coughs> Jesus, Mary Lauren's taking a risk even to share that she's in a battle right now in front of all uh, your people. And so, um, Lord, we as a body intercede for her right now that you will minister to her heart, to her body, to her family. And um, we pray for healing, wholeness, completeness, and the realization that you are going to work this out for her on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for sharing that. Hmm. Was it you, Laura, over here? Was that you? Um, so I find myself, when I have really, really good days, I always thank God for that really, really good day and mm -hmm. thank him for being with me. And then when I have a really bad day, I find myself thanking God for being with me during that really rough time. And so I'm just so thankful that he's here and he's with us no matter what good, bad, in between, that he's just always with us, and so I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. So, okay. One or two more that, and you just know that God's telling you to circle back around and be thankful. Go for it. You know, God does work in mysterious ways, and my wife and I were new to this congregation. We've been here just a little over a year, and I heard about uh, Dan's situation uh, with his heart, and two months prior to him having open heart surgery, I had open heart surgery. Well, we didn't have the same doctor, but uh, we both had the same adventure, and I am so glad that we had an opportunity to 
uh, be drawn to their growth group because of a situation that uh, God put me and Dan in. So we're excited to be part of the orchard and especially the growth group that we've got. Desmundo. Good to see you, my man. Okay, I'm thankful for a couple things. Um, one thing is, last night we had our uh, house church, just kind of like your, your guys' growth groups here, and um, there is a, there's a young man, a uh, young teenager who I've been uh, really praying for for a while, who's been very antagonistic to the faith and not wanting anything to do with the Lord and really holding on to some some hurts from his life, and it's just really, last night, he ended up calling us and saying, well, yesterday, I said, can I come and hang out, and then I want to come uh, to house church with you guys, I'm, uh, and actually, actually uh, like Gwen was sharing, it was actually through the shack, he went and saw the shack, and recognized that he's been holding on to some things in his life that maybe they're not God's fault, like maybe it's some stuff that he needs to uh, work through, and so he came, and he told he was talking to my daughter and I and told us, I think may, I'm interested in, dis, in looking at what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And so he's a kid that you would have thought like, yeah, he's just, he doesn't care. That's not in his thing. So it's, to me, it was just this, man, we, there are so many people for us to keep on fighting for, you know, keep on praying for and keep on seeking because uh, there's so many people that need Jesus and they need to see what God's love looks like. And so I was super thankful to see that. And then secondly, I'm thankful for you. Um, yeah, so, so, char so I've been living in the valley for five years now, and, um, and we're more down valley, and we plant little house churches and stuff. And Charlie was the first pastor I met in the valley who uh, shared some of what we're doing, and right away I just saw, here's a guy who is saying, man, I want to see the kingdom expanded across this region. So whatever that looks like, we want to see all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people, and we want to see people freed up to live on the mission of Jesus and follow him. And so right away, the first time, first time I met him, uh, I was like, that guy is rad. And so, uh, <laughs> and so, and I see that in this church, that there's a culture that's being built here for every follower of Jesus to live on the mission of Jesus and to see themselves as missionaries who have people that they can reach that, uh, as they follow God's ways. And that is exciting. So, thanks, Hey, bro. man, thank you. Yeah. Give me a hug, man. I'll take a hug for that. Oh, I always knew I liked that guy. It was the mustache, I think. <laughs> the, uh, well, it is coffee day, by the way, right? Mountain Mama's coffee, and you guys got to get your monthly supply. Everybody says it's absolutely incredible. I'm not a coffee guy. But, uh, and it's going uh, for the mission there. Really, we're just about loving God and loving people, man. That's what we do. Um, interesting week for me. My mom passed away on Monday. Yeah. And uh, it's not a tragedy, um, but it's hard. And we sing those words right there. When it said the words were particularly meaningful t today, where it says, uh, "Forever welcomes you home." Ah, 
Yeah, good stuff. I got more on that, but I am thankful. I, I am thankful for God's presence in the midst of uh, this time. There's a really good story around it. I'll tell you another time. But So I'm giving a shout-out to God for that. I know what it's like uh, right now. I did not mean to uh, uh, create a big heavy before Doug Stewart comes up here to talk. Uh, Doug, uh, we looked at the text that Daniel had. It was, man, we just can't skip it. There's something there that y- you need. And uh, uh, so take her away, Doug. <laughs> yeah, no, he had some passion and uh, uh, insight into it, and I think you're going to be blessed. At least I was as we were talking about it. Doug, thank you for stepping in. So, about the middle of the day yesterday, I got an email from Daniel that was to all the elders that pray for me. I am sick. I'm sick. I can't even think straight. And so I, I sent back uh, an email and said, sure, yeah, let us, let us know how we can help. So about 5.15, Charlie said, hey, can you do the message tomorrow? Um, So I've told a few people, one thing's for certain, words will come out of my mouth. (laughs) Uh, And and to to follow Kathy from last week, wow. Um, I think it was was the clear pulpit that she had. You know, I think that was the the trick, and I didn't get that up here, so we'll see how I do. But, oh, Kathy, thank you so much for that. And I I am grateful to be in a place, in a church, in a fellowship that honors the uh, intellect and the wisdom and the contribution of women. Uh, Just found some, some great nuggets in that. In fact, I, I found myself being grateful all week. I went out on a run in the canyon, and I'm running down the road, uh, and I've done this before, in the, about almost the exact same spot. I'm running down the road, and I look up, and I'm about to run into a herd of bighorn sheep. There was, <laughs> there was 12 ewes and lambs just right there, like five feet away from me. Um, and I just, I just found myself, you know, this is five minutes from my office, and I'm running <laughs> down the road and seeing, seeing these great sights. So we just live in such a beautiful place. I'm just so grateful. Um, I do want to say, um, as, as, you're, as you're here this morning, let's just, let's just be praying for Daniel. It sounds like he's got some really nasty stuff. And also for Charlie, um, just um, as it comes to mind this week, send him a text, send him a card, send him an email. That's hard stuff. Um, so, we're going to talk about the kingdom today. It's in Luke 17. Uh, and uh, when I first started into this, I thought, wow, I'm not sure if I can piece together a sermon. It's a very, very difficult passage, and it goes through this whole range of things, and I'm just going to pull out a few things. There's a lot that we could cover, um, but I, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of the heavens, as uh, some people uh, talk about it. Um, and it's, it's a theme that's throughout the Gospels. Jesus talks about going from town to town proclaiming the kingdom of God. Um, and uh, we see that this is a really important um, part of his ministry. Um, the passage is, is really challenging, but there's, there's two things I want to pull out. Um, the kingdom of heaven is simply what is in front of us. The second thing is don't hold on tight. So we'll dive into that. Um, Father, uh, I ask you 
to bring your power, uh, to bring your Holy Spirit of understanding. Uh, as, we, as we look into this passage, um, you know, it's not uh, something that I can do um, or any of us can do to, to, to completely uh, take your word in uh, as you meant it. But we ju- I just ask for your interpretation through your Holy Spirit um, that you would uh, cast aside any words that uh, I might say that throw us off track, um, but to capture um, through, through what I say and through what's on the paper and the, through what's uh, in, your, in your book, through what's done this morning, to just plant deeply in our heart your kingdom and a thirst for you. In Jesus' name. Okay, uh, Luke 17, um, starting at verse 20. Um, as, as we've seen other places in Luke, Luke is a master storyteller, and you don't just get these little snippets and, and, and they're unrelated, but you get this story that builds throughout all of Luke. Uh, and and we, we see that again today. Uh, he's, he's bringing this whole narrative together. He's weaving it into this full picture of God. And so um, I'm gonna, actually stealing a, little, a few of Daniel's notes, what he's able to do before he got sick. Um, but the, the placement of this story is really strategic. It comes right after the healing of the lepers. And the reason it's strategic is that the Pharisees okay, are, are, are asking, now it may not have happened in the same sequence, but Luke places it there. It doesn't necessarily say that Jesus healed the lepers and the Pharisees asked us, but Luke puts these two things together. And it's really interesting because the one of the signs of the Messiah was that he would heal lepers. And so Luke puts this question to the Pharisees right there, and, and so the Pharisees are saying, let's look at that um, verse 20. Um, Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. So we have the Pharisees saying, so when's it going to happen? And uh, basically they had, in several occasions, there was a, a healing of the leper in Luke earlier, we looked in Luke, Luke 5. They've had the kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of God, right in front of them. He's healing the lepers. He is doing these signs that say, according to the Hebrew tradition, he is the Messiah. And they're saying, when's the Messiah coming? Um, and it's, it's interesting to, to think about that in terms of us because oftentimes we're looking for things that are right in front of us and, and we'll see that as we go along. The, the other part of that uh, text from last week is he says, go and show yourself to the priest, right? Jesus tells the lepers to go show, your, show yourself to the priest. And that comes right out of Leviticus, and um, I looked it up, and it's like 32 verses of what you're supposed to do after you've been cleansed. And there's like dipping a bird in water and just all these kind of, kind of weird things. Um, and I thought, maybe I'll just uh, read those 32 verses and we'll be done. Uh, <laughs> I'm off the hook, right? Um, but, it, but, it's, but it's interesting. It's, it's a, uh, something that's just kind of tucked away in there. It's like this little bomb, this little messianic time bomb that just just going off and waiting for people to discover it so 
he talks about the kingdom of God, and they're looking for the kingdom of God. Why is the kingdom so important? And, and we don't have kingdoms today. What, what is it about kingdom that's, that's so important to us or to them? And I, and I thought about that. And kingdom could be translated government. In Isaiah, it says the government will be on the Messiah's shoulders. It's a sense of rule, a sense of power. And we think about it today, the government is the entity that has this, um, this power over how people are treated. A government can bring about justice, it can bring about peace, or it can bring about the opposite. It can bring about mayhem and chaos. And, and we look to the government um, for our future. It seems that our future depends upon the government. So when we, when we think about kingdom, we think about rule, we think about what, how this earth is governed, how our lives are governed. At the same time, um, like this in uh, Jesus' time, there were the Pharisees who wanted to know, they're asking this question, when is the kingdom coming? Because I want to know what I need to do or how to look for it, how to find it. There were the zealots who just wanted to, to take it on themselves and, and you know, knock down the Romans and, and uh, establish the, the Jewish rule. That was the political solution. And then there were the sign watchers um, who were, who were kind of looking around. Um, I don't remember. I, I didn't dig into this too much, but there were prophecies and there were stars and there were things like that where the sign watchers were saying, okay, now watch this. If this happens and that happens, then the end will come and we'll all be free or, or you know, whatever their assumptions were. I think we can kind of see that those, those groups are, are here today. But Jesus said um, to all those groups, the kingdom doesn't come by careful observation. It doesn't say, you can't say, well, here it is or there it is. There's something else going on with the kingdom. We can't follow the political procedures. We can't pass laws. We can't, um, in the case of the Pharisees, can't have enough uh, good things that we do or, or religious rituals. He says it's something else. Um, and I was thinking about what it is that we look to um, say in this country, if, if we look and we see these symbols and we want to observe something to say, yes, all is well with America, we look at, okay, well, the fountain's still going in front of the White House and the flag's still flying on the Capitol. Um, the Pentagon is still standing. Um, it's interesting that in 9-11, Al-Qaeda Al was going after those symbols to knock those down so that we um, would be afraid that our security and our life, you know, was, was going to end and change and, and uh, we would be um, insecure. Uh, but I, 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 was, I was thinking about all this and I came across this week, um, just kind of put all this together, I came across a photo that I thought was really interesting. If Steve, you could put that up. Uh, many years ago, there was a king named Ramses II in Egypt, and he ruled for 60 years. This is about 3,000 years ago. And he, his kingdom spread throughout the Mediterranean. He was a great and mighty king. This is Ramses. This is a statue that he had erected for himself 60 feet tall, and they just found it in a slum in Egypt. 
this is what comes of earthly kingdoms. And frankly, this is what will come of the White House and the Capitol. Our security, our faith, is not in those things. The kingdom of God is something different. It can't be observed. So let's look in in verse 21. This continues on. Jesus says, people will say, here it is or there it is. Um, Oh, let's see, I'm sorry. The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And you, you think of the power that we look to in this world, and, and then he says it's within you. These things are, are hard to match up. Um, and I, I looked at a couple people were wrestling with the translation of this. Some of your, uh, the versions of your Bible may say that the kingdom of God is around you. And, and the word, oh, okay, it says that in your midst, okay. So, so the word is, is hard to translate and actually probably means kind of both. It's within you and without. And it, as I dug into this, it seemed that what he's really trying to say is this is a sense of God's presence. Jesus was called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. That was one of his names. And perhaps the best translation about the kingdom is it's the kingdom of the heavens. And Dallas Willard, who's a favorite author of mine, talks about this. It's the kingdom of the heavens is what's all around you. It's the ether. It's the atmosphere. It's here. It's at hand. Jesus uses that in other places. It's at hand. I just wanted to read a, a, a quote from uh, Dallas Willard in The Divine Conspiracy, which is a very important and very difficult to understand book, but I'd recommend it if you want to jump into some heavy reading. Um, he says, the heavens are, let's see, I'm sorry, uh, nothing, no human being or institution, no time, no space, no spiritual being, no event, stands between God and those who trust him. The heavens are always there with you, no matter what. It is precisely the atmosphere or air that surrounds your body. And he says, but it is precisely from the space immediately around us that God watches and God acts. So there's a sense of God being right here. God lives and he moves, and we live and move with him right here and right now, not someday and far off. That's what Jesus is talking about. It's right in front of you. And the only way that this works is if we trust that we have a good and powerful Father who will take care of us. And the Scripture is full of that. In Luke, uh, earlier in Luke, he talks about, don't be afraid, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. He will take care of all your needs. He's pleased to give you the kingdom. Or Psalm 62 says, I heard God say two things. I am powerful and I am very kind. The Lord rewards each of us according to what we do. So from the security of this relationship, he invites us into this life of the kingdom, the kingdom of the heavens. What is right in front of us every minute? So so as we go through our life, let's be alert. Let's see what it is that God is doing right then, right in front of us. 
So Jesus went on in verses 22 through 25. He says, um, let's just read that. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. Men will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not go running off after them, for the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. I think it's really natural for us to just want to know, okay, well, what's the next thing, God? What's the thing that you want me to do? And, and, and help me plan this out. We, we live in a world that, that's planned out and has predictability. And I think that's kind of part of what the, the Pharisees' question was. They were saying, okay, uh, we, we want to follow God, so give us the roadmap. We, we want to see what it is that's the next thing or the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and then we'll, we'll have it wired. But God's process is more organic than that. It's more, um, it's more like jazz. You remember the book, Blue Like Jazz. It's kind of the conclusion he comes to, that this, that this relationship we have with God is happening. It's dynamic. It's all the time. It's changing. It's, it's whatever's in front of us, and we respond to that. And whatever's in fr- after that, we respond to that. Um, he just says, trust me and join me in my work, and then we'll, we'll go there together. So I think, um, you know, I had, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't uh, rehearse this ahead of time, so I didn't know how long it goes. That's about 20 minutes, and I think Charlie, Charlie asked me to, to do that. But I'm, I want to jump down, actually, to, to, a, to the final point that I had, and then we'll wrap it up here. In verses 30 and 33, he's talking about when the Son of Man returns. And he says... It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating, I'm sorry. It will be just like this on the day. So he's talking about Noah and Lot, where a couple of stories in the Old Testament where things were just happening, everybody was going on through their ordinary days, um, and then all of a sudden God shows up and things start to happen quickly um, in not so much of a good way. And um, then he says in verse 30, it will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the roof of his house with goods inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. So the last piece is don't hold on tight. Don't cling to the things that you are thinking will give you security or, or will give you predictability in your life. Let go of those things. Travel light. That's part of the kingdom, moving in the kingdom. That's part of being able to respond to what's right in front of you. We might be tempted to hold on to those things because we don't know what's, what's ahead. But if we have a good father, if we're trusting in a good father, we can, we can hold those things lightly and we can enter into this amazing life of the kingdom as he brings things in front of us um, we can say, we can just drop what we're holding and, and move into that, that work that he has for us. And Jesus did this. He had it all. He was, he was in the heavens. He was with, in fellowship with the Father. He is full of riches, and he emptied himself, and he became a servant he became Emmanuel, God with us, as he dropped the things 
that he could have clinged to, but he didn't. He was stripped naked on a cross, completely emptied of everything he had so that we could be filled up and surrounded by God himself. We could be surrounded, we could participate in this kingdom of the heavens. And so, as you come to communion today, remember at this table, this is the table of Emmanuel, this is the table of God with us. God's kingdom within us, God's kingdom around us. Take him into your body, the, the wine and the, and the bread. Take him into your heart. And then take him out into your world. Whatever's in front of you, love God. Love people. Drop what you're holding on to.